Welcome to Visceral Reflections. Uh, this is Tom. And, um, well, let's see, I don't even know where to start. 
uh, there's, we're going to have a lot to cover tonight. And, um, uh, tonight we're going to have a gospel conversation. Uh, you know, tomorrow is Advent, the beginning of Advent, um, Sunday, November 27th. And, um, so as we head into the Christmas season, uh, I thought it was a good time to do what we're going to do tonight. And that is talk about the gospel and our invitation to forever, because that's really what it is. And, you know, on this show, we always say we want people to have a good life, but more importantly, we want them to have a good eternity. Because if we don't have a good eternity, anything we're working on now in this life is ultimately a waste of time. And I, I say that in a very humble way, in a reverent way. I know that we, we all got things going on in our life that we care deeply about. But I, I want to call attention to getting some things into uh, an eternal perspective. Uh, you know... Um, it's kind of interesting. Uh, at the end of our last show, I had mentioned that we were going to do, have a conversation on the love of God in daily life. And, you know, what I didn't mention at that time is in, in my thinking, that was going to be the last show and I was going to shut it down. And I didn't tell anyone. Uh, but the, over the last couple of weeks, um, a few things have happened. And, um, you know, the Lord's been speaking in my heart about doing this show and this has been pressing down on me for a while um and then I, I also um i talked to a number of people who've been encouraged by this show and have uh, returned to the faith of from listening so that was a great encouragement to me and um in parallel to that um Having this gospel conversation um, is something that um, has been a, a recurring theme in, in my mind that we wanted to do, and I just feel like the the Lord's really impressed upon me that, that just to do this. So, with tomorrow being the um, the first Sunday of Advent, I, I wanted to um, to do that. So, you know, when we talk about a gospel conversation. You know, it's a term I've used a few times. What that really is, it's just an opportunity to share the gospel. And, and that's what I'm going to do right now. You know, the word gospel means good news. And um, the good news, you know, the, uh, you know, I don't need to reinvent it. John 3.16, for God so loved the world that he gave his only forgot, uh, begotten son, that whosoever should believe in him would not perish but have eternal life. Verse 17, for God did not send his son to the world uh, to condemn the world, but that the world be saved through him. Um, it's incredible news. And, um, you know, of course, with the good news of the gospel, it's only good to those who believe. Uh, frankly, it's incredibly bad news for people who do not believe. And that's what... I want to uh, talk about tonight and just really um, talk about 
a few things in terms of the gospel, faith and doubt, uh, where we place our faith, and um, and then we're gonna do an invitation tonight, and I, I'm just gonna encourage people to either receive saving faith and, and put their faith in God tonight, or or perhaps you're a person who's wandered from the faith and needs to come home. And I want to invite those people to repent and to come home. And the Lord welcomes everyone back. And um, so that's what I, I want to talk about. Um, you know, Hebrews 11.1. 1, and by the way, there's going to be a lot of scripture tonight. So before I get into that, why don't we pray? I can't believe I almost forgot to pray. Um, I, th I think because I'm just kind of excited about this and um, I need to not outrun my coverage here. <clears throat> so pray with me, please. Father God, thank you for today. Thank you for the message we're about to receive. Lord, thank you for your word and spirit. Lord, just thank you for life and so many wonderful blessings that whether we acknowledge them or not, your love is so vast. And, and Lord, we just um, we just thank you for so many incredible things, so many blessings. And Lord, right now, I just want to pray for tonight. I pray for everyone listening. I pray for you to prepare their hearts to hear your word. Lord, uh, I know that there's going to be some heavy hearts who hear this. Lord, I pray that this is timely for many people. I pray that you give me the words to share and that you bring scripture to mind. As, as we've been talking about this, you know, so much has come to mind, Lord. So I just pray that tonight that the, the words come out that meet people right where they're at. Lord, I just, I just pray by the power of your spirit that you would convict hearts, that you'd open eyes, that the eyes of our hearts would see you, that we'd hear the invitation, and that we would step into this faith journey. Father God, I thank you and I praise you and I'm grateful. And together we just lift these prayers up to you in the name of the Lord Jesus. Amen. You know, as I started to say, uh, Hebrews 11 one says faith is the substance of things hoped for, um, the evidence of not th things not seen. Um, you know, we always we always put our our like our, our faith and our hope in what is to be, and. We, we we seek to live our lives at that because without faith and hope, all we have is despair. Uh, Romans 8.24 says, uh, For in hope we have been saved, but hope that is seen is not hope. For why does one hope for what they see? But if we hope for what we have not seen with perseverance, then we wait eagerly for it. And as a Christian, we are of course, eagerly waiting for the Lord Jesus to return. 
First John two twenty eight says that um, that we that we wait eagerly and that we want to greet him when he comes with confidence, uh, not shrink away in, in shame from the life we've been living, but excited to be with the Lord when that happens. And that's what that's what we seek to to step into. So when I say that I'm going to invite people into a faith journey. It's not. We're gonna. It's not like you're gonna say a prayer and just go about your life. Uh, this is uh, gonna be a, a call to um, receive faith, uh, transforming faith, to uh, start to submit to the sovereignty of God and the holiness of God. And be led by the Spirit. Um, it's going to involve many things in your life changing. Um, and over time, we are going to be transformed to be like Jesus. And those are... Um, that That's the, the goal and the process by which we live the Christian life. And that we, frankly, become our true selves. And um, Romans eight twenty nine says that we are being uh, transformed to the image of His Son. That Jesus would be the first born among many brothers and sisters. So I want to emphasize the faith aspect um, in Hebrews four two. It talks about. Some people that heard the gospel, they had the information, but it did them no good because it was not not united with faith. And that's an important distinction. Um, I'm going to share my testimony in a minute uh, because I think that speaks, that verse probably speaks to my journey. Um, But what you think about a relationship. When you know somebody and uh, you get to know them and you invest time together and you um, understand who they are, you understand their character, their likes and dislikes and so on. It's just being aware of them is not a relationship. But investing time and caring about them, caring about what they do. Uh, And the reason I I say that is because we are about to enter into a relationship with God. And so having the information about God is not good enough. Um, God is not seeking awareness. He's seeking to build his kingdom and build his family to adopt you and me as children. And so I just want to emphasize that, you know, um, you know, I've told my story before. Um, I'll I'll give you a summarized version uh, because I think it speaks to that. Um, I was in a, a Roman history class at the campus of Arizona State in my freshman year of college. And the professor comes in and says, 
today we're going to talk about Christianity and its impact on the Roman Empire and Western civilization. And then he said this, I don't care if you believe if Jesus rose from the dead or not, we are going to talk about Christianity and its impact on history. I sat up in my seat and I'm like, did he just say Jesus rose from the dead? And uh, my lab partner was sitting there and, and she's, she's like, Shh, be quiet. Everybody knows that. Um, it makes me laugh because you know, I was raised in the Roman Catholic Church. I knew Jesus rose from the dead. I had the information. I knew the liturgy. I knew the Apostles' Creed. I knew the Nicene Creed. Um, knew a little bit of scripture. But it was like I was hearing it for the first time and it, it captured me. And that's what I'm hoping is happening to you right now. Whether you are, you've walked with God for a long time, or whether you are curious about Christianity and you want to become Christian. Uh, whatever your story is, I, I want to tell you that God has a plan for your life. God made you special. He imagined you. He designed you. He created you. And you have a story that's, that's beautiful. That, that opening song we had, um, uh, the, the lyrics to that, Beautiful by Mercy Me, the incredible because it's true. And I just want to say that to you, that you're beautiful and... God has plans for you. He's calling you. And I pray that you will hear this and that you will unite the gospel with faith in your heart, not just in your mind, and take the, the step of faith to walk with God. You know, um, when I heard that, uh, had that epiphany about the resurrection. I, um, I remember, um, that same week I met a campus evangelist on campus. And, um, one day after he was done preaching, I walked over to talk to him and he walked me through a Romans 10. And this is what, um, Romans 10 verses nine through 13. Let me just read this to you and let the words sink in. If you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart a person believes, resulting in righteousness, and with the mouth we confess, resulting in salvation. For the scripture says, whoever believes in him will not be, uh, whoever believes in him will not be disappointed. Verse 12. For there is no distinction between Jew and Greek. For the same Lord is Lord of all, abounding in riches for all who call upon him. Verse 13. And whoever calls upon the name of the Lord will be saved. And he shared that scripture with me. And, and let me just unpack that a little bit for you. Um, when he talks about no distinction between Jew and Greek, 
you know, in, in our modern culture, we might say there's no distinction between ethnicity. There's no distinction um, uh, between races. And, you know, we live in a culture with a lot of uh, racial tension and tension between political parties and uh, tension in the gender identity conversation. And all of those things ultimately are irrelevant in eternity because we have an eternal identity to step into, to be the adopted children of God. Um, But I remember hearing these words and um, confessing with your mouth is important because the Lord Jesus uh, on the Sermon on the Mount told us that out of the heart comes the words we speak. So if you believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. And that's significant because the Lord Jesus lived a perfect life. He was crucified under Pontius Pilate, was buried, but on the third day he rose from the dead. And he rose a conquering death, taking the sting of death away, as Paul wrote in 1 Corinthians 15. And that is our victory. That's why Romans 8 says that if the Spirit of God lives in you, the same Spirit who who, um, caused Jesus to rise from the dead will also um, allow us to rise from the dead on the last day. And that's what we're looking for. That's that's what we want to to step into and live into. Now, I just want to take a moment here and talk about the fact that there's um, a uniqueness to Christianity. There's a lot of uniqueness to Christianity. But the cornerstone of our faith, the Lord Jesus himself, um, has given us something to point to that's significant. And that is that our primary truth claim in Christianity is the resurrection. So what that means is that our primary truth claim is not only historically verifiable, but it is also a miracle. And, um, Many, many people uh, who um, who have studied these topics will tell you that the resurrection of Jesus Christ is the most verifiable event of antiquity. And um, you know, I'm going to get too far down the road there. There's a lot of resources on the proof of the resurrection. But I wanted to just share that with you now um, because... There is, um, you know, we, we may be a person that has some doubt in our hearts. And I want to talk to you about that. Um, faith and doubt are not enemies. In, in fact, I would go so far as to say that doubt can be a good thing when processed correctly because doubt, doubt helps us to seek truth. And... Um, You know, there's there's some mysteries to to Christianity. There's some um, mysteries to the gospel. There are some things we don't understand. Some things we take by faith. 
you know, that we have some paradoxes in our faith. For example, the virgin birth, the fact that the infinite became an infant. The, <laughs> I, I, yeah, the infinite became an infant. Or how about this? We know that the Lord Jesus is the creator and we know that from passages like John 8, 58 and Hebrews chapter 1, Philippians 2, uh, John 1, 1. Um, and yet, Mary, a, a, a product of creation, uh, gave birth to the creator. Um we, we take that by faith and um, you know again you can we can get into the manuscript evidence of that you know so I think is is historically um, certain however you know uh, for to the untrained eye it, it can be troubling it's like really yeah really uh, but sometimes there's going to be some doubts are going to creep up on us in uh, Matthew twenty-eight seventeen, when the Lord has given us the Great Commission, he had gone up to a mountain in Galilee, and the disciples had uh, been up there with him. And he's given the Great Commission to go forth to all the world and um, to make disciples and baptize in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Um, Matthew twenty-eight seventeen is a verse that's not often uh, talked about, but I think it's important because... The, the passage actually says that um, they had gathered there on the mountain and <laughs> he's given the commission and then it says, but some were doubtful. And um, uh, to me, that's an encouragement because you witnessed a miracle, you're there with Jesus and you've walked with him. You've seen him walk on water. You've seen him turn a few loaves and fishes to feed 5,000 people and 4,000 in another instance and uh, raise Lazarus from the dead. And a miracle after miracle, the end of the book of John says there's too many miracles that were performed to even be recorded. And yet, in the midst of all of that, there was doubt we know the the story of Peter. Peter denied Jesus three times. Jesus predicted this in Matthew sixteen. Said, "You're going to deny me," and he's like, "There's no way." Well, Peter walked on water. The Lord, he said, the Lord came walking on water, and he called him out of the boat, and then he stepped onto the water and walked for a bit until he panicked. And yet, having that experience with Jesus, he still denied him. And so in Matthew 28, 17, when it says some were doubting, um, that's just an encouragement to me uh, because we know the Lord is faithful when we are faithless. Second Timothy two thirteen. a doubting Thomas, my namesake <laughs> in John 20, uh, verse 20, um, five to 28, um, 
you know, Thomas is talking to the, to the apostles and says he would not believe unless he saw. And so when he did see Jesus, finally, eight days later, he responded, my Lord and my God. And he's seen the, the nail marks in his hands and the, the wound in his side from the soldiers stabbing him. Yet he wanted to see. And the Lord Jesus there gives us a great encouragement. Remember John twenty twenty nine. Blessed are those who have not seen and yet believe. You know, and I, I have an inclination that there's going to be some um, lingering doubts that we carry through life. I, I can imagine... We live our lives and you know, we're Christian. We walk with God and we share the gospel. We do ministry and we've tried to be faithful and we stumble and fall and we get back up and we stay on the journey and we are, we're taking the, the steps daily to get to the high places. And yet I can imagine that day and I, and I picture death like getting out of bed and um, stepping into eternity. And you see the kingdom and you see the Lord. You see the great light. And who knows what beauty awaits us. The scripture says that we can't even imagine what he has planned. But I can imagine stepping into that like a child going, it's true. It was all true. And now I see. I think in some sense, we're going to have that sense of awe where that happens. There's going to be so much joy, so much laughter. And it's encouraging. You know, sometimes when I doubt myself, I think about Moses and Elijah. And, you know, if you're not familiar with the Bible, uh, quickly I'll share with you. You know, Moses was given the law. And Elijah was um, designated to uh, represent the prophets. And when you look at these two men, Moses, when he was called to go to Egypt, he didn't want to go. He said, Lord, I'm not qualified. I'm not a good speaker. I can't do this. Send Aaron. Uh, this is not, this is a bad choice choosing me, Lord. That's Moses. <laughs> Elijah. Um, he, he wanted to die. He prayed for death. He is, um, you know, his story is really one of depression. You know, I've studied some biblical counseling and and read a number of books on biblical counseling. And, you know, we seem to often come across Elijah as an example of depression in the Bible. And um, yet I look at these two men. And in Matthew 17, we see something wonderful. In Matthew 17, um, Jesus uh, takes uh, Peter, James, and John, 
uh, up on a high mountain, the scripture says. And it's what we call the transfiguration. And there Moses and Elijah appear. And a great white light overshadowed them. And, of course, uh, God the Father speaking from heaven said, This is my beloved Son in whom I'm well pleased. What that's a picture of is Moses representing the law and Elijah representing the prophets. Um, the law and the prophets being fulfilled in Jesus. So that's what that represents. And um, I think that's important to know because... The Lord is going to do amazing things with us. And it's not about us. So just having that little bit of doubt, if, if you have some things to work out in your in your mind, let the Lord help you with that over time. And don't forsake the call of faith. In Hebrews chapter 4, verse 7, it says, If you hear his voice, Respond. Today's the day of salvation. Do not harden your heart. Today is the day of salvation. Because we don't know when we're going to get another chance. You know, we, we don't know what the, what tomorrow brings. We don't know that we're going to go to sleep tonight and wake up tomorrow. But, but as a Christian... You know, we, we accept the reality that life is fragile, that we live lives in vulnerability. And uh, one day, if we are saved and we are re um, regenerate, then we will um, cross over from death to life. You know, the, the great evangelist Billy Graham always used to say, we are not prepared to live in this world until we are prepared to die. And that's why I, I say that we, we want people to have a good life, but we also want them to have a good eternity. Because we're going to be dead a lot longer than we are alive. We may live to be 70, 80, 90 years old, maybe 100 years old. And that's it. It's a poof. But compared to eternity? I mean, the, the apostles, you know, they've, you know, they've been dead for 2,000 years. You know, they did the work and the early, the early um, building the church and getting us going that we have today. You know, so that's important to know. You know, I, um, you know, in my circle of influence, you know, this has become a more comfortable idea, but... You know, it's become common speak to say, well, the, the Lord willing, you know. The truth is, is that, yeah, my plane might go down next week and I'll be with Jesus. So um, we don't know what the day holds. And that's why I encourage you to, to take the step of faith. We're not always going to understand everything, but we accept it um, like a child and um, and we say, yes, Lord, I want to be Christian. I accept your free gift of salvation. 
You know, and it's funny, if you've ever, uh, Matthew 18, uh, verse 3 and 4, says that, you know, we accept, we come to God and come to the kingdom of God like a child. Have you ever, if you've ever shared the gospel with a child, or with a five-year-old, a four-year-old, whatever, um, <laughs> it's a wonderful experience because uh, children are so pure and innocent and... Um, you just talk to them. Hey, do you want to go to heaven? Yes. Uh, do you want to know Jesus and have Jesus as your friend? Yes. Do you want eternal life? Yes. And that's that's what the Lord is looking for. You never hear a five-year-old say, well, that's an interesting proposition. I will take it under advisement. I certainly have my doubts. But you put forth a compelling argument. You don't get that from a five-year-old. You get that from adults like me who are been polluted by the world and our thinking. But we, by the power of the Spirit, we can, by the power of the Holy Spirit, we can overcome that and step in to faith. Uh, you know, one of the things that I've learned... And uh, in, in growing up in the faith, we're always going to be uh, growing in the faith. And that's something that I want to emphasize because when you step into this journey, you're going to start to to learn things about yourself. You're going to start to to have conviction about different things that you value. You're going to start to... Um, see ways that your language changes things you used to laugh at aren't funny you might hear a song that you really love and then it's like oh maybe i shouldn't be listening to that or you have conviction about it um you might want to start spending your money different and you start to view money different and um you know you start to be attracted to different things uh, you you know you may start to uh, date different types of people. You might start to recognize qualities that you used to admire that are no longer attractive. There's so many things um, with all the dynamics of life that you're going to start to see, and the Lord is going to start to shape your heart and transform your heart. To become like Jesus. And frankly, that's uh, the true self. That's who we're called to be. And you're going to see a most, a more fulfilling life that way. In the simplicity of the gospel. In the simplicity of life. In what it was all meant to be. And in doing this, I would I would say, you know, um, we step into faith, we... we we want to develop or cultivate a tolerance for mystery that we walk by faith and not by sight that we don't won't have every answer that some things we will take by faith and we will start to renew a sense of wonder start to look at the glory of God in creation start to see the hand of God in circumstances you know, uh, Psalm 19.1, the heavens declare the glory of God. 
or something like um, Romans one twenty. The power of God and his majesty can be seen in what has been created. Do you ever just sit out on the beach and meditate on that verse? Or be out in the desert and just look at all the stars and the vastness of the sky? And you renew your sense of wonder for the magnitude of who God is. And these are all things you're going to grow into. Now, I want to share a few verses here from John chapter 6. Just a little further to drive home on, on the importance of believing. John six twenty nine. Jesus said, This is the work of God that you believe in him, Jesus, whom he, the Father, has sent. That's the work of God, to believe. John 6.35, Jesus said, I am the bread of life. He who comes to me shall not hunger, and he who believes in me shall never thirst. John 6.37, all that the Father gives me shall come to me, and the one who comes to me I will certainly not cast out. I love that because the Lord welcomes all. No, No one's ever come to Jesus And he said no. And a wonderful example from Luke 23 is the thief on the cross. And when you read Luke 23 and you read the story of the crucifixion, you had two thieves. The one in his right uh, said, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. And Jesus said, today you will be with me in paradise. In that moment, the thief on the cross, the man on the cross, he had a seed of faith. He believed in Jesus in that moment of death. He didn't belong to a church He wasn't baptized. He had not done the sacraments. He had no resume of Christian activity whatsoever. He just said, Jesus, remember me. And that was enough. And that's a great encouragement to me because... I've seen deathbed conversions. I've seen the Lord can save anybody. He's saying the hardest of hearts. And I'm just blown away at the power of the gospel. I once had a man uh, put a gun in my chest. And he was upset about many things, but he, he, in that moment, he called me to renounce my faith. 
it's a long story, but the, the, the happy ending was that we talked for about an hour. He refused to shoot me. Thank goodness. I'm glad. <laughs> but in that moment, I did get to do that. And the Lord broke his heart and gave me the words and he received Christ that day. And I, the magnitude of that, that, the way that impacted me was huge. Uh, but the reason I share that is the, the, there's so much power in the gospel, the power of the Holy Spirit. The Lord knows our hearts. The Lord can save anybody. And he's going to use you to do it. And he's going to use me to do it. And that's one of the great privileges of becoming a Christian is that we get to share in the building of the kingdom of God. John 6:40 This is the will of my Father that everyone who beholds the Son and believes in him may have eternal life and I myself will raise him up on the last day. Death is not final for the Christian. It's the will of God that people be saved. And I again I love the wonderful verse and I I think that's important to know. We haven't talked about hell yet, um, but we got to know the, the the Lord's desire in e, in the Old Testament, Ezekiel eighteen twenty three. It is. Do you think I like judging people? No, I want people to repent and come to me. That's the heart of our God. Second Peter three nine. You think I'm slow in my coming? No. I'm delaying my coming because it's not my will that any should perish, but that all would come to repentance. That all would turn from their former ways of life and, and walk with me. And the Lord's calling us into that relationship. I want to share those because there is a, there is a reality to the, the, the importance of the gospel and the reality of hell. But we don't come to the cross as fire insurance. We don't come to the cross because we're afraid of hell. We come to the cross because we want to be Christian. We want to, yeah, we want eternal life, but we want to know God. John 17, 3, eternal life is to know God. And we can have that today. You know, it, the scripture has a lot of descriptions about hell. You know, hellfire being the most popular. Also talks about it being a place of darkness. Talks about it a play, being a place of weeping and gnashing of teeth a place of regret. It's not a party. And frankly, it scares me when I think about those I love and friends and family who might not make it. And, you know, the Christian life carries this burden and you're going to carry it too because you're going to want everyone to believe in the gospel.
John 6:44 No one comes to me unless the Father who sent me draws him and I will raise him up in the last day. The Lord Jesus again says the resurrection. I will raise him up. Death is not final. I share that because John 6:44 is is one that I always pray for my loved ones along with 2 uh, Peter 3:9. Lord, it's not your will that any should perish. Please open the eyes and heart and call the people that I want you to save. Reveal yourself to them. If you're a believer now, I encourage you to to pray that, to write those and and pray because saying, Lord, this is your will. I'm praying your will. It's not your will that any should perish. All kind of repentance. Please reveal yourself to this person and that person. And I've seen the Lord do that. And it's a wonderful encouragement to share in that every time it happens. But it's just it's something we need to do. John six forty seven. Truly, truly, I say to you, he who believes in me has eternal life. End of story. Believe life. Believe equals life. Choose life. Now, I want to share with you, whether you are becoming Christian for the first time, or you wandered from the faith, and you feel the Lord calling you back, whatever it is, I just want you to know God loves you and he anxiously welcomes you in. Luke 15, 20 is one of my favorite verses. It's from the story of the prodigal son. And it says, the father seeing the son far off ran out to meet him. You know, in the story, the prodigal son had taken his inheritance and gone and lived, whooped up the lifestyle of partying and drunken sex and um, and every every worldly thing you can imagine. But when he hit rock bottom and realized he needed to come back, and he was thinking of a good story to tell his father, the father just said, "My son has returned." And we're going to throw a party for him. He wasn't interested in hearing his excuses because his position hadn't changed. He was still a son. He was living in rebellion. He had a stubborn heart. He was being selfish. He was, in many ways, being a typical young man that was going to do his own thing and live life on his terms. He had to find out the hard way that God's way was the right way. In John 8, verses 1 through 11, 
we see a story of the adulterous woman, woman caught in adultery, and the religious people who brought her forth to Jesus wanted her stoned. And Jesus said, he who is without sin cast the first stone. One by one, they dropped their stones and walked away. And Jesus said, where are your accusers, woman? She said, they're gone. He said, they do not condemn you and neither do I. Now go and sin no more. Your sins are forgiven. That's the kind of God that we worship. The Lord Jesus is about reconciliation. God the Father is about reconciliation. The Holy Spirit's about reconciliation. Romans 5 says that he's reconciling the world to himself. And whatever you've done, whatever you feel you can't come back from, don't believe that lie of the devil. Don't believe you can't come back. You know, in Hebrew... Uh, the word Satan means accuser. And we're always going to be accused by our spiritual adversaries. Don't believe it because the Lord's going to take your your destructive behavior, is going to take whatever you've done and bring beauty from the ashes. And the Lord's going to use your story. And you may use your story to help someone avert trouble down the road. You may use your story to help someone who made the same mistakes and those same poor choices, but they're going to, your story is going to be a testimony to that they come back to God. As uh, Psalm chapter 40, uh, I think verse five, verse 10, I have to look it up. But in Psalm chapter 40, it does talk about how the Lord restores us. And many will see the renewed life and believe because of seeing what God did for us. Psalm 60, verse 16. Come and see what the Lord has done for my soul. I'm going to tell you the good things. In Luke 7, verses 37 to 50, we see a woman who comes in tears. And the scripture says that she, amidst the the judgment and the sneering of the religious folks in the room, the scripture says she watered the feet of Jesus with her eyes and cleaned his feet with her hair. She had a heart of contrition. But the Lord, after talking to the religious folks about their foolish judgment, he explained to them, those who have been forgiven much love much. And verse verse 48 of Luke 7, he tells her, Daughter, your sins are forgiven. Go and sin no more. The Lord is seeking us. 
the Lord loves us. The Lord is relentless. And he's going to get us. And thank God for that. Because life on our own terms just doesn't work out. I say that from experience. Best laid plans of mice and men. Why mice? I have to look that up. We read in Matthew 18, verses 12 to 14, about the wandering sheep. And the Lord is going to go, go get the wandering sheep. He doesn't care if he has the 99 safe in his house. He's going to go get the one who, who got lost. And thank God for that. Because we all get lost sometimes. I want to invite you to pray with me. Just a simple prayer of faith to invite the Lord into our lives, to surrender ourselves to him by the power of the Holy Spirit to be born again or born from above is what that word means. Let's start over tonight. Wake up tomorrow from the first day of Advent as we prepare our hearts for the coming of the Lord Jesus on December 25th. And we'll, let's spend the next five weeks preparing our hearts for the celebration of Christmas and the Christmas season to follow. After we pray, I'm going to play a song that I want you to just close your eyes and let the word sink in and just talk to God about anything that you want to bring to the cross and leave there. We've all got our stuff. We've all got our baggage. Let's start this journey light. Lay down what we can. I know it's not that easy for some but whatever you can do and let the, the let's trust the lord to work out the rest over time father god we thank you and we praise you and we're grateful for your gospel that you have extended to us an invitation to forever to be part of your family. That we have a seat at the table. Father God, we just, we thank you for that. We thank you for sending the Lord Jesus to live and die and to conquer death for us. Say these words with me. Dear God, 
They want to be your child. I accept your free gift of salvation. I place my faith in the finished work of Jesus on the cross. Please forgive my sin. Please walk with me from this day forward. By the power of your spirit, Give me the strength to repent daily. And the conviction to honor you with my life. Lord, I surrender my life to you. I receive Jesus into my heart and mind. Thank you, Father God, that I can call you Abba Father now. Amen. If you pray that prayer with me, Welcome to the family, my brother, my sister. You have the promise of eternal life from our Father, who is faithful when we are faithless. Anything heavy in your heart right now, let's just take the next three minutes or so and come before God on our own. Meditate on the words of this song and let's leave our heavy burdens at the cross.
Hope you found some encouragement there. In that song, there's a reference to Psalm 103, verse 12. As far as the east is from the west, he has removed our transgressions from us. As a father has compassion on his children, so the Lord has compassion on those who fear him or have reverence for him. He knows our weaknesses, but the loving kindness of the Lord is from everlasting to everlasting. And he extends his righteousness to our children and our children's children. Now, in follow-up to tonight, we're going to do an episode on discipleship because in Matthew 28, we're told to make disciples. And so want to provide you with some resources and uh, talk a little bit about what discipleship is. And we're working on getting a discipleship page on the website. If you have questions, you can email them to info at foundationalknowledge.org.org. And I would encourage you to go to the website. We have a page called Liturgy. And my encouragement to you would be scroll down about halfway to the Nicene Creed. The Nicene Creed is a statement of faith put together by the early church fathers. If you don't have a church, I would encourage you to find a church, review the statement of faith, and compare it to the creed, which talks about who God is, who Jesus is. It talks about the method of salvation and the Holy Spirit. And frankly, I would stay away from any church that does not list out these doctrines. But if you need a church, then that would be my encouragement to you. We will work on getting those resources out soon in the next episode soon, uh, hopefully in the next week or two. Um, But if you made a commitment to Christ, I would love to hear from you by email. And (laughs) just so we can share in your joy. Father God, we thank you for tonight. We thank you and we praise you and we're grateful and excited to get down the road on this journey as your child. Please protect us and keep us safe. Help us to be good salt and light. Help us to grow up in the faith. And help us to look to you in every circumstance that life presents. We thank you and we praise you and we're grateful. And we ask all these things in the name of the Lord Jesus. Amen.
Oh!